What is up everyone? It is Quinn here and in this video I'm going to be running through my updated rookie wide receiver rankings after the NFL draft. If you haven't checked out my uh, updated top 12 running backs, that video is up on my page also so you can go check out that one after this one. But just running through the top 12, also going to be splitting these guys up into tiers so you can kind of see you know what players I have in a similar area. And then I think tomorrow I'm going to be putting out my top 36 uh, Superflex rankings, so stay tuned for that also. If you enjoy, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, going to continue uh, pushing out content. But let's not waste any time. Let's just jump right into it. And starting off with my wide receiver one, it's going to be my only guy in tier one, and that is Jackson Smith and Jigba. He goes to the Seattle Seahawks with the 20th pick in the first round. And I think at first glance, like this wide receiver room does look a little crowded. Obviously you have DK Metcalf there, also Tyler Lockett, but then you really look at it, Lockett's 30 years old. So at this point he probably has one, maybe two more seasons playing at his current level. And then even from day one, like JSN is gonna step right into the slot that role is wide open for him. I think it's a solid fit. And I mean, long-term, if you're in a wide receiver duo with DK Metcalf, you have JSN in there. I think that's going to be a very solid pairing for a long, long time. So I like him here in tier one. He was my tier one wide receiver heading into the draft, and he is going to stay there. Now shifting into tier two, we've got two guys in this tier, and my first one is going to be Jordan Addison. I think, you know, everyone could go back and forth all day on Addison versus Quinton Johnston. I don't have a super firm opinion. I'm just going to give the slight edge to Addison. I do think Johnston has the better landing spot, but I think uh, Addison going to the Vikings is also very, very solid and overall is a positive landing spot here. I've talked about how Addison may never be a guy who's a wide receiver one on a top tier NFL offense, but I honestly think him sliding in to be the wide receiver two behind Justin Jefferson could honestly be like the perfect role for him. He's going to have the advantage of defenses keying in on Jefferson, him being, you know, the best wide receiver in the NFL. And last year, we really saw these Vikings wide receivers struggle to take advantage of that. Obviously, Adam Thielen had been the wide receiver two there. He's kind of slowing down. So he really wasn't able to take advantage of it. I think Jordan Addison can. And in the short term, he doesn't have that long-term quarterback option. But in the short term, Kirk is very, very solid in terms of supporting his fantasy weapons. Now, the other uh, tier two wide receiver, already mentioned him, Quinton Johnston, my wide receiver three. If you're someone who's picking a wide receiver and you want to take a swing on the upside, I think Johnston's probably your guy in this tier because if he hits, I mean, you're going to be looking at Justin Herbert's wide receiver one for a very long time, kind of similar to uh, JSN. You look at his wide receiver room, a little crowded, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, both there, but Keenan Allen's 31 years old, probably has a year or two left at that level. Um, and then we have Mike Williams, who's 28, so still has a few more years. But this is an older wide receiver room in general, and Quinton Johnson is just going to continue to grow in it. I think if he can shore up some of the mechanical issues he's had, he can truly be a stud for the Chargers. And obviously being paired with Justin Herbert long-term could be a huge, huge deal. Now moving over to tier three, it's going to be a one-man tier. And this is where I have Zay Flowers. I do think it would have been possible for Flowers to jump into that tier two if he had a great landing spot, but we ended up seeing both Jordan Addison and Quinton Johnston have much better landing spots than Zay Flowers, so they hold off in tier two. Zay Flowers, tier of his own here in tier three. Now, I really don't think the Ravens is like a terrible landing spot for him, but I do think it's pretty significantly worse than both the Chargers and the Vikings. 
overall, I'm pretty interested in seeing how this uh, new look Ravens offense kind of operates. Are they going to be more pass heavy? Obviously, if you have Zay Flowers, you know, you're going to want them to uh, let Lamar cook as a passer. But I do think this wide receiver room is pretty open. I really like Bateman. We've seen some flashes out of him, but he hasn't really stayed healthy long enough to really know what we have there. So we'll see with Bateman. They sign OBJ to that one-year deal. I really have no idea what to expect. They gave him decent money, but I mean, coming off his second ACL, I believe he's 30 years old. There's no guarantee he's like the OBJ, you know, we saw in the playoffs with the Rams. So I do think Zay Flowers has a legit shot to be the wide receiver one. I mean, potentially from day one and long-term here for the Ravens. Obviously, they re-signed Lamar Jackson. So that could be a very exciting pairing for the foreseeable future. Now we get into tier four, and I feel like this is where everything kind of just goes crazy at the wide receiver position. I think JSN is pretty consensus number one. I think a lot of people have Addison and Johnston two and three. And then I think a lot of people have Zay Flowers at four. Here in tier four is where, you know, it gets all over the place. So I'm honestly just going to run through all the names I have here, and then I'm going to break them down individually. I wouldn't say I'm super firm on these rankings. I think arguments could be made for these dudes to be switched all over the place. And I will just say like in fantasy drafts, if I have an early second round pick, I am not trying to be drafting from that spot and picking one of these wide receivers. I would much rather trade back into the later second and just kind of scoop whatever guys have fallen because I think the second rounds of fantasy drafts are really going to be all over the place. Some dudes are going to have Rasheed Rice as their wide receiver there. Other guys are going to have Josh Down. Someone else might have Jalen Hyatt in that range. I really think it's just going to get wild there. So I'd much rather move back. But if I do have to kind of separate these guys, I'm going to start off tier four with Josh Downs. Now, he definitely didn't get the draft capital I was hoping for. Definitely wanted second round, preferably early second round. Ends up going to the Colts with the 16th pick in the third round. I wouldn't say it's a great landing spot, but it does seem like the Colts are very in on downs. Seems like they really like him. They tried to trade up, but he ended up falling down to them. And then their wide receiver coach, Reggie Wayne, also seems to be very high on him. They have Paris Campbell leave, who was the guy who played mostly out of the slot. 71% of his snaps came out of the slot. So there is an opening there for Josh Downs to kind of slide in if he can't take advantage of it. And at this point, we're looking at some of these other wide receivers. There's a few guys in this tier that I liked based on the talent. Maybe they didn't get the draft capital. And then there's some other guys who maybe I didn't like as much in terms of talents, but they did get the draft capital. For me here with Downs, this is me betting on the talent, even if the draft result wasn't really ideal. But like I said, I don't want to be drafting Josh Downs in the early second round. I would rather trade back and hope he's there in the late second. And if not, I'll pivot to someone else in this tier. The next guy I have here is Marvin Mims. And I really was not expecting Mims to go ahead of Jalen Hyatt or Josh Downs. I thought they were getting more NFL hype in terms of, you know, rumored draft capital, all of that sort of stuff. But he ends up going to the Broncos late in round two. I think first glance, it does look like a pretty crowded wide receiver room with Jerry Judy, with Cortland Sutton. But we have heard some uh, trade rumors with both of those guys. So maybe one of them gets moved. Maybe they don't. But we also have seen that Marvin Mims has shown he doesn't need crazy volume to give you strong production. He averaged over 20 yards per reception in both his sophomore and junior seasons. So I could see him having a solid role here, even if he's not going to be an 100 catch guy at the next level. 
Now, probably one of my biggest risers here is going to be Jonathan Mingo, who also falls in here in tier four. So if I had Zay Flowers at four, Josh Downs five, Marvin Mims six, and then Jonathan Mingo here as my wide receiver seven. And I talked about him as a winner in my uh, day two winners and losers video. Eighth pick in the second round is serious, serious draft capital. And so even if I personally didn't really like his college production, I do have to pivot here and bump him up pretty significantly. We know he's a wildly talented athlete, six foot one, 226 pounds, ran a 44640, which at 226 pounds is very, very impressive. And I like the fact that he's stepping into kind of a young up and coming offense with pretty limited competition at the wide receiver position. He's gonna have the 101 Bryce Young at the quarterback position. You've got Adam Thielen there operating out of the slot. And then he's likely going to be competing with guys like DJ Chark and uh, Terrace Marshall. And so if Mingo is good enough, there is a clear path to having a very solid role in this offense. He can kind of grow with Bryce Young. They could get some chemistry going. And I do think, you know, it's a pretty encouraging landing spot, especially with the draft capital they've kind of put into him. Now, the next wide receiver in tier four is going to be Jalen Hyatt, and he was a faller in this draft, went to the uh, early third round. I think a lot of people thought he was going to be going somewhere in the second. He ends up landing with the Giants, and I think initially it doesn't look like a great landing spot, but I actually think it's kind of interesting here for Jalen Hyatt. This wide receiver room is wide open. They've got a ton of dudes on the roster who have done something in the NFL, You've got Wondell Robinson, Paris Campbell, Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard, Isaiah Hodgins. Like there are some decent players in there, but if Hyatt is legit, like if he's as talented as a lot of us think, he should not have much of an issue getting onto the field, especially just given, you know, his crazy talent. And last year we saw Dable do a great job kind of scheming open a lot of these no-name wide receivers. Like they had a ton of injuries. The wide receiver core wasn't great to begin with. And it was like every week there'd be some, you know, random dude going five for 80 for the Giants. So if he can kind of do that with Jalen Hyatt, I think he has the opportunity to work with a great athlete who showed he was a great deep threat in his uh, junior season at Tennessee. So I think this is a pretty interesting landing spot for Jalen Hyatt. And that's why I do still kind of like him here as a tier four option. And then my final tier four option going to be Rasheed Rice. And I think this is probably going to be pretty low for most people. I think I've seen him going as like the wide receiver five in a lot of mock drafts, kind of behind uh, Zay Flowers leading this next tier. And I totally understand why people are in on him. Obviously, the landing spot is fantastic. That seems to be why people are pretty hyped. Went second round to the Chiefs and honestly joins a Chiefs wide receiver room with a pretty open you know, wide receiver room there. I kind of feel like we can fall into some traps by chasing the landing spot on uh, prospects who are a little bit questionable, especially at the wide receiver position. Landing spot at the running back, obviously great. You just need the opportunity. You need them to give you the ball and you're going to produce. Wide receiver, you have to earn those targets for the most part. And looking at Rasheed Rice, he's a 23-year-old who didn't have a dominant college season until this past year. And it's not like he was playing against crazy high competition. That was while he was playing in the AAC. Last year, we saw Sky Moore go to the Chiefs also got second round draft capital. And in my opinion, like Sky Moore was the significantly better prospect and is actually still younger today than Rasheed Rice. And it's not like Sky Moore was guaranteed production. He actually did, you know, not a ton in his rookie season. I also think the idea that being on the Chiefs will like automatically lead to great production is kind of an illusion that we've been chasing. 
it seemed like when Tyreek Hill was gone, it's like, okay, someone has to step up. They have to be this great producer. Even behind Tyreek Hill, we had years where guys were chasing the Chiefs wide receiver too, which kind of always ended up being nothing there. Since Mahomes has taken over as the quarterback for the Chiefs, they haven't had a guy who was not named Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey you know, be a pass catcher and average over 12 PPR points per game in a season. So I kind of feel like people think this Chiefs offense is like the golden ticket to fantasy points. I don't think it is. And the fact that I wasn't huge on Rice as a prospect makes me a little weary here also. Like if I didn't love him as a prospect, do I think he's just going to step in and ball out for the Chiefs? Personally, no, but I do understand he's going to get drafted highly. He's probably going to be early to mid second round in rookie drafts. Like I said, that's a spot I want to pivot out on. And he's just going to be a player I'm not going to have a ton of shares of, you know, probably heading into the 2023 season. Now shifting into our fifth and final tier, tier five at my wide receiver 10. This is where I have Jaden Reed. And honestly, he's someone I wasn't super high on coming into the draft, but he went out, he received legit draft capital, goes to the Packers, pick 19 of the second round. And his college career is pretty strange to me. He played in four seasons and delivered, honestly, four pretty productive seasons, but he never really came together and put together like a monster year, really didn't finish his college career all that well. 2018 caught 56 passes for 797 yards in 12 games. Very strong production as a younger wide receiver. Then in 2020, plays in seven games, 33 for 407. So solid. He comes back in uh, 2021, goes for 59 receptions, 1,026 receiving yards in 13 games. So that was his biggest season. And then he kind of comes back down to earth here in 2022, catches 55 passes for 636 yards in 11 games. And then it was outproduced by sophomore Keon Coleman. So you would have liked to see him kind of build on that 2021 year and really just kind of punch in a dominant season. It didn't happen. And he's 23 years old now, getting outproduced by a 19 year old, which isn't ideal. I think at this point, he's probably like an interesting third round rookie pick. And that's where I'd have him ranked at this point. Now my wide receiver 11, I have Cedric Tillman, goes in the third round to the Browns. Overall, not a super exciting landing spot. You've got Amari Cooper there as the wide receiver one. They have Donovan Peoples-Jones, who's coming off of a pretty solid season. And then they also traded for Elijah Moore this offseason. I think he's probably going to be another guy who ends up going somewhere in the third round of rookie drafts. And then my 12th and final wide receiver, wrapping up tier five, I have Tank Dell here. He got much better draft capital than I was kind of anticipating early third round to the Texans. I think the big question here is just going to be if he can put up reliable fantasy production at his size, 5'8", 165. Very, very small for the wide receiver position, both on the shorter end and very, very light at sub 170. But I do think if he is going to be able to put up production, this is a pretty decent landing spot. Obviously, the Texans offense isn't going to be doing anything crazy, but he's paired with rookie quarterback CJ Stroud, and there's really just not a ton going on there at the wide receiver position. We've got some kind of unproven younger guys. I think Robert Woods is there, so not a ton of competition for him, and maybe he can kind of show out here in this younger offense. But that is going to wrap it up for my top 12 wide receivers. You know, this is just a day after the NFL draft. So I do kind of want to know everyone else's thoughts. What guys do you think are too high, too low? You know, maybe you think I'm too low on Rasheed Rice. Let me know why down below in the comment section. Thank you all for stopping by. Go check out my running backs um, and then stay tuned for my Superflex Top 36. But thank you again, and I will see you in the next one.